This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome in to the David L. Gray Show, voicing truth and reason on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. St. Dominic de Guzman, pray for us. Venerable Father Augustus Tolton, pray for us. And St. Michael, the Archangel, Gabriel, Gabriel, pray for us. Whose feast day it is today. How you guys doing today? It's a pleasure to be back in here, have an exciting show for you today. Earlier today, I um, I saw something very disturbing I wanted to talk with you about first. Um, and you could blame Patrick Coffin for this. He has sent it to me, he texted to me. So we can just blame him for me being very upset today. <laughs> but a story came out the... Catholic vote reported that a new decree came out from the Vatican state um, that it's going to cut off pay for workers who do not have their vaccination papers. So if you're an employee for the Vatican and you show up to work without your documents, you're not going to be allowed to work and you won't be given pay for the time off. And what I was talking about last week is, well, I mean, this is the world that we're living in. I mean, the only way you can describe it is that it is a crap show. But Jesus is still Lord. <laughs> That's the only solace because it seems, I mean, things are happening that you never expected to happen. You, you never expected idolatry to be the, the modus apirindi in the Catholic church, at least from our leadership. No, no one expected that. And at some point in time, and I know a lot of people out there, and this may be you, right? That is, it seems to be just one thing after the other, just one thing after the other. And it's to the point, I know a lot of people are like, man, if I hear just one more thing, I'm out the door. And I think most marriages end because people think they can do better, right? They file for divorce or they leave their spouse, they abandon their spouse, ultimately because they think they can do better than what they're getting, right? Oftentimes they can't, right? They may be in an abusive relationship and you just can't stay in something like that. Not as Catholics, we get a divorce, but it's definitely, there's a time where you have to put yourself in a safer position, right? Than being abused. People think they can do better. That's why relationships end. Whether it's your job, whether it's a marriage, whether it's the, maybe some, the university that you're going to, you just can do better than what you're getting. But it's not that way as being a Catholic, right? I mean, where, where would we go, right? Like Peter said, where would we go? The Catholic church has the word of eternal life. The person has the Holy Eucharist. Where else can we go? Right? So we don't have anywhere to go. So it's not like we can ever leave the Catholic Church. We just can't turn our backs on Jesus, the Holy Eucharist. We can't turn our backs on Christ. 
But at the same time, we don't have any way to change some of the things that are happening, some of the unhealthy behaviors. We don't have a way to, we, we, we can't fire any bishops, we can't fire the Pope. And the, the people who we can turn to for help, the priest, our parish priest, oftentimes they're really just stuck in careerism, right? Just and They just want to be saved. They just want to get to their retirement. They want to buy that, that four-bedroom house and, and boats, right? They're just trying to get to the end, right? They don't see any reason to end the marriage, right? They don't think they can do better. They don't have a skill set that applies to perhaps any other job. But at the same time, they have a calling and they just want to get to the end. So, again, we're screwed. <laughs> but Jesus is Lord. Ultimately, I think the problem with idolatry, the reason why you see this idolatry, the people putting these vaccines and these other things above God. And um, us elevating um, human effort above faith is because I don't think we hear the voice of God. I just don't think we hear the voice of God. Or we don't know that it's God's voice that we're hearing. And because we don't hear God's voice speak to us, because we don't hear from God, or that we don't know that it's God speaking to us, we act on our own. Right, we 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 come up with all types of things. We comes up with our own machinations, our own ideas, our own will, because we don't hear the will of God. You know, when I was in, when I was in the process, um, you know, my conversion story, just not not to the Catholic Church, but to Christianity or to Christ, it happened rather dramatically. When I was in the process of committing suicide. I thought there wasn't any reason worth living. I didn't believe in heaven or hell. So for me, it was really non-consequential. It was just it was a transactional type of thing ending my life. Okay, it's a transaction. Uh, I had some had some place there. There was a, a better place to be than this life, right? I had something better to do than to live the life I was living. So when I was in the process of committing suicide, I heard a voice that I never heard before, and a voice said, "I love you. I'm here." And when I tell people that story, I immediately go to well. How did I know that was God's voice? And I say, well, I asked the question in my head, who is that? And I knew it was Jesus, which was a strange answer at the time, right? Because I thought Jesus was fiction. But there is a story I think I have to tell before I get there. Like, okay, I heard this voice. It said, I love you. I'm here. And then I asked the question, well, whose voice is that? Well, right in between that, there, there's a story, right? Why did I have to ask whose voice was that? Why didn't I know the voice of God? It's interesting because when we speak to God, God's, God knows our voice. He always knows our voice. When we speak to God, God knows us and hears us. God always knows our voice, even our internal voice, the voice that we can't, that's not audible. The voice that's just, we communicate through a spirit. God knows us. He always knows our voice, but we don't always know his, which is also, you know, really second point about the incarnation itself. One purpose of the incarnation is that we not only had to hear him, hear from him to know his will, but we also had to see him 
touch him so that we might trust him in a way we're all like saint thomas aquinas saint um sorry saint thomas the doubting one and the uniqueness of our of our faith is that the angels the saints they participate in the same knowledge of god when we speak the angels hear us the the saints they hear us yet on our end we still need images right sometimes the images are the saints the icons they help us see them and touch them in a way so being human is so miserable in a sense right it seems like such hard work it requires a lot of faith a lot of trust but again for those who you have are, are, are feeling that, man, if just one more thing happened, <laughs> if one more crazy thing happens at headquarters of the Vatican, if I hear one more crazy thing, like, like, a, a, like the Bishop Stowe in Kentucky, uh, uh, Lexington requiring his priest to get vaccinated and, and all this stuff and, embarrassing them and mocking them. If I hear one more crazy thing out of soupage, if I hear one more crazy thing out of this person or that person, one more thing out of Jamie Martin, a Jesuit, I'm just going to, no, we don't walk away. No, we don't. Cause where would we go? A few weeks ago, I offered a treatment on a sorsum coda in a liturgy and I'm going to and I need to revisit that cause I really didn't get that far into it. Right. But today I'm going to, uh, briefly revisit the Our Father prayer and talk about its theology and meaning in relation to the liturgy and its placement in the liturgy. And in the second half of the show, at about the 20-minute mark, 22-minute mark, Tito Edwards will be our guest on the David L. Gray show. And if you never heard of Tito, you've definitely seen his work. Uh, he is the man behind some of the most influential websites in aggregates on the in entire internet so uh we're gonna bring him on at about the 20 minute mark and uh, i can't wait for you to or and really we're gonna talk about i don't know how tito feels about this right we're gonna talk about this i call him one of the gatekeepers <laughs> of catholic information and there's a few of these gatekeepers you know there's new advent there's the people who are pew sitter these are the people i call the gatekeepers right because they it's hard for us to go to every website and, and find out what's going on and and so we had these people like Tito and New Advent and over at Pew Sitter who gather information for us. That's one of this is one of the things that Tito does. But so these are the gatekeepers, I call them. So we're going to talk about that. I'm also going to talk about current events and the state of Catholic media today. So that'd be about the 20 minute mark. If you want to talk to Tito, you can call in 877-757-9424. Again, that's 877-757-9424. But first, before we get to the pattern noster to our father let me tell you how happy i am that you tuned in this afternoon and I, and I pray that you know that jesus truly does love you that he's there for you and that he wants you to invite him into every aspect of your life especially those parts of your life where you don't think you need him right and my producer the mrs Cecil anderson um you can also see Cecil. she's the producer of the show on guadalupe red network she's also on back to the father which airs friday afternoons with um dave palmer he hosts that show he's a gm the general manager of the dallas fort worth station and it's a really good show make sure you tune in that uh see dave and Cecil, and they always have some other people in there well but they're talking about thomas aquinas i thought theology but bringing it into okay how do we talk about that in 2021 so really good show tune in it's on it doesn't air on the radio but it's on youtube and the twitter and the facebook so just go to grn make sure you subscribe to everything that we're doing there also make sure you subscribe to that you follow catholic drive time show in the morning with joe mcclain adrian francesca and janice valenzuela 
intersections on monday so guadalupe network is doing a lot of great original programming that you can only find here and we appreciate you and the contributions that you make in your subscribership this is david l gray show voicing truth and reason on the guadalupe radio network which is radio for your soul you know as catholics we believe that the holy mass is the highest prayer of our faith now, although the liturgy itself contains many prayers and many confessions, together, they are the prayer of our faith because of the sacramental character of the prayer, of the liturgy itself. It is the highest means of communicating God's grace to us because God himself, Christ Jesus, the whole Eucharist comes to us, encounters us personally and in the liturgy, in and through the liturgy, and, and thereby the liturgy participates in this process of uniquely transforming us um, closer to becoming the very bread that we eat in a way that no other prayer can. Like what prayer can do with the, what the, litur the prayer of the Holy liturgy, liturgy can do? No, no prayer can do that, right? So it's, it, it's, it's, it's most unique in that way. For example, in our in our in our Father prayer that I'll, I'm going to talk about briefly, we pray, gives us their daily bread. But the prayer of the Mass, the liturgy, that that what we what we ask gives us their daily bread is actually fulfilled, right? Par excellence. Our daily bread comes to us; we consume it. So it's a very unique prayer, the the prayer of the Catholic Mass, the liturgy. It is also a prayer that physically transports us to one of the climaxes in salvation history where God, the son of God, gave his life for us. It physically transports us physically back to that time in remembrance during the sacrifice. Yet the liturgy of the mass is, is not a prayer that lay people can sing themselves, right? We need a priest to intercede with us in that prayer. We can't say it as the lay people. So it is the highest prayer because um, of it being a sacrament. But of the most important prayers to know about, we would say that the Our Father prayer, the Pater Noster in Latin, is the prayer of our faith. It is the most important prayer because Jesus taught it to us. And within a body of the sacred liturgy of sacrifice and mass, the importance of this prayer cannot be spoken about enough. On this point, St. Thomas Aquinas, he agreed with St. Thomas uh, or St. Augustine of Hippo in writing, the Lord's prayer is most perfect because as St. Augustine says, if we pray rightly and fittingly, we can say nothing else but what is contained in this prayer of our Lord, right? So it is the most perfect prayer according to some of our most wise saints. An important point about the Our Father prayer is not only what we pray, but how we pray it. So here it's good to remember that within the context of the memorial sacrifice, the private use of the orange posture, you know, if you're watching me on video, you probably see me, right? That my arms are stretched. This is the orange posture, arms outstretched. 
Um, the private use of praying to our father like that among the laity, we really didn't even start doing that into your, your Catholic charismatics in the, re, in the renewal sprang that up. And that was about the late 1960s. And in fact, um, as, as far as even us even praying the prayer to our father prayer, we didn't even have permission to do that until 1958. And the church taught in this instruction of sacred music and liturgy that we had to pray that prayer in Latin. So this idea of praying it in the vernacular in, you know, is, 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 is kind of novel, right? So it's a prayer that we have recently been able to say as the laity. Um, we ought to say it still in Latin since that is still a common language of the church, right? So how we pray it, we should pray it, um, not as the priest prays it with his arms outstretched, but with our hands in a different position than our outstretched, right? Because the father, the priest, he only, we cannot, so what the church teaches is that the laity cannot do anything that the priest is doing. We can't say, we cannot say his words, what he's saying during the liturgy, unless um, they're prescribed to say, like the our father, we can pray with him. But other prayers, like the prayers of consecration, the prayers that the priest have been given to say himself, we cannot sit there um, in, our, in our seats and say what the priest is saying. Nor can we do the postures that the priest is doing because those are his prayers, his postures. They belong to him and they belong to what makes the mass valid. Right. So when we pretend to act as though if we are priests and say what he says and uh, do the postures that he does, we run a risk of invalidating the mass. Right. We're the laity. We're the royal, we're the royal priesthood. He's the ordained priesthood. We cannot pretend to be each other. Okay. And so that's what the, the church teaches. Um, so that, that's how we pray. Now, I want to spend a little bit of time in the next about three minutes before we bring Tito on. Just talking about just the meaning of the prayer itself in the context of the liturgy. Okay. Um. So the mystery and paradox of this prayer are most clearly evident when we, I think when we pray this prayer, probably looking at the crucifix, that's what I do in the morning. You know, I, I, you know, I get down on my knees in my office and I have a big crucifix and I pray to our father and it helps me, right? Cause I think it's a sign of contradiction. Uh, but however you pray to our father, but I think that's one of the most clear ways to um, just be drawn into the mystery of the Our Father prayer. So let's begin, just let's walk through it. So it begins with Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when we say this prayer, when we say that, that first part, what we're doing, we're confessing what we've already confessed in the opening of the creed. And what the people of God, the Jews, have said in the Shema, right? And what we what we say in the, the, the first commandment that our God is one, our Lord is one. There is no other God but him. And in confessing that, we, we say that we believe that we are nothing in comparison to you, Lord God. You are one. We are small. You are entirely other. Our name is nothing, but your name is holy. Not only is your name holy, but it's holy, holy, holy. What we're also saying that our word has the power to do nothing, but your word is creative. It's a creative word, and it can do all things on heaven and on earth, right? Our Father who are in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it's just a confession of God is one and God is greater than us. So, so the first prayer in the creed is just one of great humility. And then the second petition gives us their daily bread. We're, we're confessing, we're begging that your word may be true again, O Lord. And in our total dependence on your mercy, we pray that you sustain our life by, by giving us the daily bread. We, we beg you to sustain us, your people. We're the people, we're, 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 we're imagining that we're really the people in the desert, right? Just, just crying out for bread, for food, for water. And where we're asking God in our daily bread is we're not asking for all the bread. We're not asking for everything, not to fill our storehouse that we might grow boastful and um, independent of God, but just give us the manna we need daily so that we might be reminded that we are your children. And in a third petition, we would say, forgive us our, of our debts as we have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And, and by saying this, we're confessing the same thing that we, we confessed in a confidiator. And, and our priest has interceded to us throughout the sacrifice that we're forgiven of our sins and our offenses against our brothers and our sisters, that we might be worthy of the bread that we've actually received. And we're asking for our Lord not to hand us over to the test of Satan as you handed over Job, but rather that our steps might, that, that you might order our steps and that your word may be the light to our path according to the purpose which you have created for us. So that we might always cooperate with your holy will and never the evil one. And then the last one, the petition, um, deliver us from, deliver us, Lord, that... Um, uh, we pray from every evil. This is what the priest is saying, obviously. Graciously grant us peace in our days so that we, by the help of your mercy, may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we wait for the blessed hope of coming of your Lord. To which we then respond, we offer the doxology to um, the glory of God, our Father's name, right? For thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Yours, are, uh, and the glory are yours now and forever, so. And so that's a little treatment of the powder notes there. Again, like the Sursum Coda, I could probably go on and on about this. But I just want you to just really contemplate that because I think it's really the answer to what the idolatry that we see in the church today. I think it, this, the, the powder notes there, dear Father, it places, places back into the position where we ought to be. A dependence, a reliance on God, understanding that we are small, God is great. The reason why all this evil sometimes happens is because people think they're God, right? And they don't rely on God. And, and that's, the, that's the root of idolatry, this pride of thinking you're God and understanding you're small, we're little, and we, we utterly depend on God. And that's really all I know about that. <laughs> so right after the break, Tito Edwards be on the show uh, to respond to the current events in the state of Catholic media today. And this is the David L. Gray Show, voicing truth and reason on the Guadalupe Radio Network, which is radio for your soul. Did you 
know that the Guadalupe Radio Network is a great tool for sharing the love and joy of Jesus Christ? This is Len Oswald, president of the Guadalupe Radio Network, with this week's GRN Family Minute. Let's take the example of the Samaritan woman who comes to draw water at a well. Israelites usually don't talk to Samaritans, much less drink out of their impure vessels. Men typically didn't make conversation with women, but Jesus not only speaks to the woman, he accepts a drink from her. Jesus asks her questions about her life that surprise her. Jesus' soul-piercing words reveal to her that he possesses the genuine love she's been looking for. The woman abandons her water jar to tell everyone about Jesus. She shared with the people her joy, confidence, conviction, and what Jesus had done for her. Make it a habit to tell someone about the GRN, where they can meet this Jesus who possesses genuine love. May God bless you and your families. I'll bet you know by now that Amazon Smile is a great way to support your favorite charity. And supporting the Guadalupe Radio Network while you shop is easy. Step one, just start off at smile.amazon.com. Step two, choose La Promesa Foundation as your charity. La Promesa Foundation is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio Network. And step three, enjoy your shopping. Amazon will donate a portion of your purchase to the La Promesa Foundation, and it doesn't cost you any extra. La Promesa Foundation and Guadalupe Radio Network, thank you. You know, this is your Catholic radio station, and we'd like to make it even better for you. Your feedback is really important to us. Just go to our website, grnonline.com, and look for the button labeled 60-second radio survey. It only takes a minute to fill out and send to us. Again, go to our website, grnonline.com, and look for the button labeled 60-second radio survey. We'd really appreciate it. Back in to the David L. Gray Show, voicing truth and reason on the Guadalupe Radio Network, which is radio for your soul. Uh, Tito Edwards, you know, he manages a lot of Catholic websites for the new evangelization that Pope John Paul, well, St. Pope John Paul II, and then Pope Benedict XVI, they had asked for uh, in the third millennium. So... Just, I'm going to introduce him very briefly. Uh, he's he's been a nominal Catholic. He says his whole life for uh, until he reverted uh, completely to his childhood faith. That began on the eve of the funeral of Saint John Paul II. Tito Alp he publishes at the big pulpit. He is the founder of Catholic Stand, um, Ignitum Today, the American Catholic, um, the League of Catholic Bloggers. He's a manager there. I mean he's. I'm just going to bring him in. I just want to introduce you to Tito. Welcome into the uh, Dave L. Gray Show, Tito Evers. Thank you, David. Thank you very much for having me on on your uh, radio program. I do appreciate it, and it's an honor. Yes, honor to have you here. I, it just always surprised me that how you've kept yourself secret all these years, because I think you're just one of the most influential people in Catholic media, but a lot of what you do is in the background. How did you manage that? Well, be, <clears throat> I had a, a I had a taste of fame uh, back in high school and college, and it's best that I stay away from it. Also, uh, I want to shine the light on bloggers and and evangelizers like yourself. And uh, when I returned back to the faith, I was uh, quite vocal on the American Catholic mm-hmm. with Don McClary and the rest of the guys. And when I started uh, switching from my secular job and, and launching Little Vatican, 
which encompasses all the websites that you mentioned, I just ran out of time to write. Okay. And uh, yeah, so that's that's why I'm, I'm in the background and I like staying in the background. I've been doing my best to stay in the background, but if, if people request an interview or need help, like uh, good old Joel McClain, I'm, I'm, I'm there to help. Yeah. And uh, one thing is, is I have to come out and uh, do some fundraising uh, starting uh, tonight and tomorrow for my uh, a little Vatican apostolate. So it, besides this, uh, that will be my first uh, video <laughs> ever <laughs> online. <laughs> wow. Man, I said, everybody gets to figure out who Tito is. And, and yeah. So I guess we get back up a little bit and then we'll, we'll come back up to um, the little Vatican and some of the work that you're doing. And also I want to get into some current events because I mean, you're, you're definitely, I think one of the key people to talk to, cause you've been seeing all the trends for the last um, couple, at least definitely in the last decade and a half um, to, to really to talk to about some of these things, but in your reversion story, what was it about the funeral of John Paul II that lit a spark in you? It was a, a, a a slow progression since college. And I think God had enough of waiting for me to come around. And so uh, it, I, I use the funeral of uh, John Paul II because many, uh, men, many supernatural events occurred that evening. And uh, not that it was anything significant to say that that was my complete conversion, but that's that when that's when the ball began rolling. It went from, you know, a slow stream to a heavy shower storm to uh, to a hurricane. And uh, I was part of a young adult procession from the University of St. Thomas here in Houston, starting at the cathedral, ending up there at the campus. And I just, I went to attend. It was a young adult event. I had a lot of free time on my hands because I was uh, in between jobs, code for just got re left from, uh, just got removed from my job. And uh, I was just looking to socialize while I was looking for work. Mm -hmm. And that was one, one place to be. So uh, somebody was handing out rosaries. I took one. I didn't know what I was doing. So I just said, pray the Hail Mary the whole evening. And wow. uh, at, at, yeah, at the end of the evening, we watched the, uh, the mass at uh, the funeral mass, which was about until two or three in the morning, Houston time. And, and, and what came from all that was it just sparked an interest. I always wanted to know what I needed to do. Uh, I'm no, I am no St. Augustine, but St. Augustine didn't realize, uh, well, yeah, I guess he did know. He just didn't want to start it yet. For me, I didn't know. And it's yeah. the moment I figured out what God want, what God wanted me in life, what, uh, I needed a foundation for my life, not just, you know, secularism. Uh, I read books. So I went to my Catholic parish at the time and borrowed as many books as I can. And from there, it was just an avalanche. I read wow. my way into the faith. So the, the reading wasn't more like an intellectual reading or history or, or how did you read yourself? What were you reading? Ironically, it's uh, Cardinal Ratzinger's book, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue, but it's highly intellectual. But with Cardinal, with Pope Benedict, it's heavy stuff, but he, you read it and, and you understand it. He makes it relatable. 
Mm-hmm. And when I say relatable, make it makes it understandable. And I didn't realize the great intellectual library that the church had on yeah. top of everything else. And it just opened the doors that it wasn't just uh, uh, going to church on Sunday. It was everything. The church is involved. The, the, our faith, our Catholic faith is involved in so many things in the arts and the sciences, uh, in athletics in our daily lives, it permeates everything that we do. Uh, right now, Western civilization is living off the fumes of uh, what's left of Christendom. Right, yeah. Yeah, so so uh, that's it. And we're speaking with Tito Edwards. Um, he is uh, one of the, um, I think one of the most influential people in Catholic media today. He's on the David L. Gray Show. If you want to call and ask Tito a question, you can call 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. And we have Mr. Adrian Francesca um, on the show. Um, he's in the chat box asking, he he's wants me to ask, when is Tito going to come on a Catholic drive time show? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anytime you guys need me, uh, uh, Joe and I had uh, an exchange of text messages that that uh, something happened, which was life. And so uh, if you guys need me, I'd be happy to come in on one awesome. or two days of the week. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's great. Thank you, Adrian. Yeah. And because you're you're in the Texas. Are you? Where do you live? Houston, Texas. Yeah, you're in Houston, Texas. That's right. Yeah. Because I remember yes. we were talking. You're, back you're in. Uh, St. Louis. The Rome of the West. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What remains of it, as you say, <laughs> what remains of it. <laughs> so, all right. So you're, you're back in the faith now. Um, and you're writing for um, American Catholic. What did you see going on in the blogosphere, the Catholic blogosphere at that time? And give us the year that made you really start your apostolates um, and, and branch off into things like the big pulpits and Catholic stand and ignite them today? <clears throat> well, uh, what, what was it, 2004 when wow. uh, St. John Paul II passed away? Mm-hmm. Uh, I started uh, grabbing as many books as I could, and uh, just there wasn't enough books. Uh, on top of losing my job, uh, I lost uh, my car and then my home, uh, but I recuperated. And uh, in between, when I couldn't afford to buy any books, I was, I went online and I started (laughs) reading all the, 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 what I would say, the golden age of Catholic blogging, the first golden age, because I think we're going to be entering our second pretty soon. And uh, LA Catholic, uh, Seattle Catholic, uh, all the uh, great little blogs that popped up. This is before the rest of social media came in. It, it was just a smorgasbord, and I just ate it all up. And uh, what brought me down the path was, well, why don't I learn more by starting my own? So I opened, uh, I started Custos Fide, which has been dormant now for almost 10 years, uh, and uh, just started engaging the Catholic culture. Mm. And I have to say that one of the questions, the many questions that were coming up, and many of them were answered, but one of the ones that weren't answered was, why didn't I continue practicing my faith after elementary school? Okay. What happened? I started questioning myself. I started, you know, being more attentive during mass, uh, and and I and uh, I, I didn't know what it was until 
I bumped into a friend of mine, uh, a new friend of mine, and he said, hey, let's go down to the downtown parish. There's this thing called the traditional Latin mass. And I went to there and, and I said, I, f- I felt like I was in heaven. I mm. felt like there, the presence of angels were around. The congregation of saints were just stacked up one on top of the other surrounding the altar. That was just the image that I have in my head. And to that day, I still have that image. And I said, well, why, why is it, how is this related to the other? Is this a, a Catholic church? And lo and behold, <laughs> yes. I'm sure you and many of the viewers and listeners on the radio are, are understanding to the point that I was getting at was, why did we, why this part of the church was not taught to me? And, and it's not just the old liturgy. It was, a, a, that's just a, a, an avatar to uh, the Baltimore Catechism, um, the, the four last things. Many things were dropped or removed in the name of the spirit of Vatican II. Mm-hmm. And then uh, going through the 12 phases of, of uh, a traditional uh, Latin mass goer, you know, anger. <laughs> okay. Why are you robbed me of this? <laughs> and, and then I just fell into a group of TLMers and uh, I became uh, a traditional Catholic. And, and, uh, and that's where we're at. So, that and and so I was, I was the ball was rolling. I got I gathered uh, myself. I landed on my two feet. I started consulting work again, or I started mm-hmm. consulting work in place of my previous work, uh, making some nice money, being able to buy books again. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I said, I, I'm going to start the American Catholic. And and one of the impetus behind that was there there's these these uh, Catholics on these political blogs that were constantly saying Catholic things. We all met up on the on the on the email, and uh, we started it off with the American Catholic, twelve of us. It, eventually, it's now down to like three or four of us, and 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 only and and I'm one of them that that has not written in in a while. But anyways, we wrote every everything and everything, you know, uncovering the beauty of the faith, the true, the good, the beautiful, uh, the vocation stories, the why uh, Vatican II was not implemented correctly, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, and then uh, I, I met my wife at Bible study. Bible study was another thing. I, I joined the Bible study, and, and, and that was when uh, uh, it was a social thing to do. Okay. And then in the middle of Bible study began my conversion process. Then I became the Bible study leader. I found all these great books and materials from Scott Hahn and, and many others. So I started using that in my Bible study. Um, short story, long story short, at the end of five years, I ended up marrying my wife. Half of the, all of us were, were going to that parish, a, what you would say, a uh, Novus Ordo parish. By the time I was finished and introducing so many good materials, <laughs> more than half of us had transitioned to other more uh, Catholic parishes. <laughs> wow. And and yeah, wow. So so that that that's where it was. And and with the, bringing my wife into the story, I didn't want to travel anymore. Mm-hmm. I had enough of consulting work and I wanted to, to do something that that I liked. And knowing that. Uh, I'm a little too old to be an athlete to start my track career or uh, 
get back into sports marketing, I said, uh, I love my faith. I love reading. So I started bigpulpit.com, which gradually re, uh, decreased my time on the American Catholic. Yeah. And it, 10 years later, here I am. I'm talking with you on Guadalupe Radio Network and uh, <laughs> being interviewed. I, I love it. I love our faith. It's just, I mean, I, besides the true, the good, and the beautiful, it's fun. Like, mm. like what a Catholic blogger says, we laugh because we believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And also, we're speaking with Tito Edwards. He, you can find him in many places. Um, uh, Little Italy also. Where I found you at was bigpulpit.com. So what happened? This was, had to be 2000, maybe 11, Tito, I think. Maybe 2012. And so I had written and had a my my blog and i have written this essay about this football player who um was was very famous and he would kneel down and he would pray after he, he scored a touchdown what was his name tito i can't even remember the guy's name um he played for denver he played for jacksonville recently he's a tight end try out there yeah, he's on the tip of my tongue. He's yeah, Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. There you go. So I've written this essay yeah. about him. And, yeah. you know, just normally on my blog, you know, it was, it was a small blog. I maybe mean, maybe 20 views, maybe 50 on a good day, some reads. Um, I didn't really have a really booming YouTube or Facebook back then. So, you know, it was just a, a small blog. So all of a sudden, I look at my stats, and I'm getting 500 views, a thousand reads. It's, it's just blowing up. And I'm like, how did this happen? I'm thinking it's an accident. And so I look into my references. Where does, where does the traffic come from? It's taking me to this site called Big Pulpit, right? <laughs> and I'm like, and so I had to find out who, who is this guy on the internet that controls all this traffic? So that's when I started looking up you. And then I looked at, well, New Advent gets a lot of traffic. It was Pew Sitter back then instead of Canon 122 was getting a lot of traffic. And so, um, so I started working with Pew Sitter. They would send me some traffic too. There were other places who wouldn't send me traffic for whatever reason. And so I was like, and so I started thinking about these guys are gatekeepers. They can like, they can in a healthy way, they can really send people to good Catholic websites and they can sort of keep the, the heretical or heterodox websites away from the view of people who or just really trying to find good information like you were, right? Who maybe can't yeah. afford books or maybe just need some quick access. You know, where do I go to find this stuff? And you were collecting, you were aggregating all these sites. So what what are your thoughts on a role of the Catholic aggregate, well, such as like Canon 212 doing, you're doing, and what um, New Advent is doing? And I'm, I'm sure you know you know others. Even even yeah. um, your your new your new site with the, um, the League of Catholic Jesus. Bloggers, that's another aggregate that, you know, is collecting, you know, good content. So what, what's the role of the, the Catholic aggregate? And is it, is it healthy or unhealthy? It, it, it can be unhealthy if, if you, if you want, if you uh, are too, uh, if you, if you start reading too many negative articles to, of, of, of whatever it may be. And, uh, and being a self-professed glad trad, like uh, Father Dave Nix, uh, the trad community can can be a uh, a very toxic environment sometimes, hmm. and, and and unhealthy. But that being said, uh, the the 
the traditional Latin movement is uh, the most vibrant uh, strand in the Catholic Church, which ironically only makes up one or two percent of all Catholics in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, but you're but, so uh, dangerous. We need to suppress you. You're too dangerous, even though you're one or two percent. You're not even allowed to have a mass anymore, Tito. <laughs> I know. And, and the positive thing is that there's so many good writers out there that are unknown. Uh, why don't we shine a light on them? Um, and also some some new websites that have not ha gotten traction. So we, we put a light on them also. And, and uh, like the ones that you've mentioned, newadvent.com, canon212.com, pewsitter.us, which uh, just was taken over by Michael Vorce, and uh, spiritdaily.com. If you think... Oh, yeah, Spirit Daily, it, yeah. Yes, a new advent can drive traffic right until you go to spiritdaily.com. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. They send a lot of traffic. But, but yeah. yeah. Uh, it, when you go on uh, an uh, engine uh, uh, an engine search for uh, when you're on a search engine looking for any anything Catholic, it's kind of difficult to find some of the good stuff from the bad stuff. For some reason or another, all the liberal or spirit of Vatican II web Catholic websites rise to the top and dominate the first and two pages of the search engine. So where the Catholic aggregator fills in that role like bigpulpit.com and fetus.co, F-O-E-D-U-S-C-O.co, it, it, it brings to light a lot of uh, liturgical uh, websites, a lot of uh, choir music websites, a lot of theological, philosophical, art, architecture, uh, music, uh, you name it, we have it. And uh, I, I, try, I do my best to cover all the bases yeah, um, but yeah. I have to admit, the liturgy is is uh, a powder keg. Sometimes that 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 brings a lot of eyeballs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, man, I've discovered so many websites just by going to bigpulpit.com, and that's b i g p u l p i t dot com. If you if you don't have that on your favorites, make sure you 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 type it into your browser now and, and save it. Make make it part of your daily um, feed. And I know Tito has a um. Uh, email list that you can sign up to there to um, to get daily feed. So, um, yeah, Big Pope, I, you know, of all of them, you know, and I, I I do frequent most of them. I haven't really been. That's thanks for reminding me of Spirit Daily. I haven't been there in a while, but Big Pulpit is really my, my the first one I go to because you. you have such a diversity of different Catholic websites. Um, you know, when I go to a New Advent, you know, it's fine, but it's typically be the same stuff. Same with Canon to went to kind of the same stuff but when you go to bigpulpit.com i mean you can read stuff about catholic fashion architecture <laughs> and, and then you you know you could jump over and read some german things and it's just it's just such a healthy aggregate i think it really is it is and then um and um the new bloggers the people who aren't getting a lot of traffic you can find out you can find new blogs there and also sites like catholic stand where i used to write at a long time ago i used to write a catholic stand it's a, it's a website catholicstand.com is a website with just writers right and they're writing for free but they're writing some good content there and tito's linking some some of the content there so I, i'm just really happy about that you've been able to keep bull, big pulpits around 
for so long and it's such a healthy and good aggregate. And when I say that you're a gatekeeper for you, I mean that in a good way. You keep the, <laughs> you, 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 you close the gate from the bad stuff and you keep, you close and keep the good stuff in. So I'm really happy about that. But what's some of the other things that I wanted to get to some current events here uh, momentarily. And we're speaking with Tito Edwards. He is a Catholic media um, influencer. Um, you may have not seen his face or heard him, but he is the man behind a lot of what is uh, being put out there. And it, also at the National Catholic Reporter, you put aggregate there as well. And But what are some uh, other things I'm, that... I'm sorry, David. National Catholic Register. Did I say reporter? Yes, but, oh but that's goodness. okay. You can <laughs> no. offer that up to God through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Right. Yeah, I wish, I wish National Catholic Reporter would have you put together some... <laughs> Some things for them, but yeah, National Catholic, National Catholic Register. But what what are some other things that you're you're involved with? I know I, men, I know you mentioned um, your Little Italy. Oh yes, uh, littlevatican.com dot com is the yeah littlevatican dot com is a parent company of all these websites. So that 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 is just uh, the the name uh, the umbrella name for everybody. Uh, the American Catholic is another one. You mentioned Catholic Stand. The newest one that I, I've started the last eight months is the League of Catholic Bloggers. And let me spell that out uh, one, one last time. It's, it's uh, the Latin word for league is fetus or fetus. And that is spelled F-O-E-D-U-S dot C-O. Now, yeah, we the, linked the that if you're watching behind... on the YouTube or the Facebooks, we, uh, we did link that on there for you. So, Thank you. The, uh, the idea behind that, yes, it's an aggregator, but it only aggregates and it, uh, and it shows all the links of all the Catholic bloggers out there. Some of the Catholic bloggers are small and, and don't have that much traffic. Uh, some of them are, are well known, uh, like yourself and Father John Zulzdorf from Father Z's blog. And uh, what we want to do is try and build some sort of community. Uh, we need it. We, we as Catholics have lost uh, because we're all second or third or more generation Americans, we've lost that uh, tight network, that tight tribe that we used to have when we first came here to the States. For example, uh, the Jewish community, they, they help each other. If somebody's opening a small business, the Orthodox, all the way down to the Reformed Jews, they all go down to support the business. Why can't we as Catholics help each other out? So I'm trying my little best to uh, get some of the more orthodox and uh, good writing Catholics like yourself to uh, form this league and, and use that as a jumping point to other bigger and better things. And one of the, the ideas behind fetus is that uh, cancel culture. Mm. We've heard of many, uh, many celebrities and many uh, cultural influencers that have been canceled or removed from Facebook from Twitter and other social media programs, uh, platforms. Matthew Archibald of a Creative Minority Report, another great blog, that uh, mm -hmm. mentioned that when Facebook and Twitter came on board, well, the majority of Catholic bloggers abandoned their blogs and went to write on their Facebook pages or tweet their comments. Hmm. And now that we know, not only are we being canceled, those of us that are left on these platforms and, and it's not just facebook and twitter it's instagram and, and everyone else they're they're uh limiting our exposure 
they've got these algorithms and they put us down into a special category where they try to limit our influence on the culture. So what we need to do is as Catholics do our best and grow our networks, not only uh, blogging, but I would also strongly suggest uh, email newsletters, uh, radio and live streaming on the internet. These four avenues, yes, people can cancel us on there depending on what provider is showing us, but but it is such a diffused industry that mm-hmm. we can jump from here to there to restart our blog or restart our streaming or go back, uh, find another uh, radio s- uh, signal to um, yeah. send the message out of our Catholic faith. Yeah. So blogging and emails is what I'm concentrating on. And Fadis is, is one of the reasons behind that. I know Father John Zulstorf started a nonprofit uh, organization that helps priest bloggers blog as far as providing them and helping them with platforms to uh, host their websites, offer them technical assistance, uh, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. this is the beginning. Um, people may think, oh, that's blasé. You know, who blogs? <laughs> Blog- yeah. There are... The blogging, uh, what we used to say in the past is St. Blogs is still huge. And it's a little small renaissance of many of the old bloggers returning to their old platforms or new ones reincarnating themselves, such as yourself with uh, going off on davidlgray.info uh, and uh, preaching and teaching the Catholic faith. So that's my little... Uh, box that i'm standing on to try and yeah. invigorate everybody else to get get the word out there yeah man i love that t i didn't know that's exactly what you were doing because i mean you're providing a really great safety net um number one um it, you know against the, the cancel culture but yeah i'm really i'm really excited to hear about more people going back to um to to writing i mean even myself i know i know i need to do better because my most of my content is video but i'm, I'm trying to make a commitment you know, of course I write books, but as, as far as just like articles, just at least twice a month, I really try to write something quality. And I appreciate you for, you know, linking that whenever you, whenever oh, absolutely. Um, it comes up. And so. I really like the fact that Joe McClain picked you up on the radio. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Joe needed somebody good looking on the radio because, you know, Cecil, my producer, you know, we can't see her that often. So they needed someone else good looking. And um, that's why they picked me up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good thing Adrian's not on there, Mr. Right. Fonseca. <laughs> and so we got about, let me see. So we got, oh, we don't have that much time. So, hey, can you, I want to talk about a couple things real quick. I want you to re- respond to. And we're talking about with Tito Edwards. Um, he's an influencer in, in Catholic media. One of the most popular places you can find his work is bigpulpit.com. You can find a lot of other things that he's doing from there. So definitely want you to go there, make big poolpit.com one of the places you go to daily um these two things um tito we got about two minutes left i uh, one quickly your thoughts on what you're doing in, in relationship to what we heard maybe i think maybe last year earlier this year from bishop robert Barron talking about this idea of policing some of the content online and and secondly just give us your thoughts on what's happened this year i mean you aggregated Oh my gosh! Thousands of articles, probably. What's your thought on what? What's some of the biggest stories this year? The big story this year was uh, not since uh, Father Karapi um, fell from grace. Side note: He's back in good grace. 
Um, the motu proprio, limiting mm. the uh, celebration of the uh, traditional Latin mass, that create, that was an earthquake. Uh, I don't know why I, I didn't expect it, but it, it, it made huge waves in the blogosphere, in, twi in the Twitterverse, on Facebook, um, on many YouTube and Rumble channels. So th that was big news mm. um, here. Yeah. Uh, as far as and, I, so I can the see father, so the story, the, so the most proprio, that was probably the most popular story. Where did the Father Altman story rank in that? Was it was it one of, was it in your top three of most popular things? His cancellation. Um, I think it was number two. Okay. Because okay. there's there's so many. Not only are we so so lim uh, limited in being able to evangelize our faith, something as beautiful as the 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 traditional Latin Mass. Good priests, too many good priests are, are being silenced, are being removed from their ministerial positions. And, and Father Altman, uh, for the reasons cited for his removal, I, it, it, it just didn't seem, not seem, it, it wasn't proper, it wasn't right. I, I, he, he, he was not, he was not, he was given a, a, a bad hand by his bishop. And and Father Altman, um, we need more Father Altmans. May, maybe maybe someone uh, more charitable, <laughs> not uh, or, or uh, not as defining and narrow defining as he is with certain individuals. But uh, no one is perfect, and and we're going to make mistakes. And so, <clears throat> all right, so. That Sorry. is the end of our show. I'll make sure I have Tito back in here. We ended on a, like a fascinating point. What's going on? So we got to have, definitely have Tito back. Thanks for coming on, Tito. Make sure you guys get to him at BigPoolPits.com and Little Vatican. This is the David L. Gray Show, voicing truth and reason on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Uh, make sure you tune in same time next week, same place. In between time, visit me at David L. Gray Info. But until then, until next time, remember, Jesus loves you and is there for you and live your life like salvation matters and may the graces and favors of our lord christ jesus fall upon you and yours thank you St. Mark, the Evangelist Catholic Church in Plano has teamed up with the Catholic Charities Dallas Mobile Food Bank to offer food for those in need. Items being distributed include